Welcome to the Spodcast. I'm your host, Hilary Kwiatek, Employee Communication Specialist at Lehigh University. This month's episode of the Spodcast was recorded last fall before the COVID-19 stay-at-home order. We've now been separated as a university community for two months, and yet, in some ways, we've never been more united in purpose. This was shown in the thousands of social media well wishes sent to our graduating seniors during the Lehigh Virtual Celebration on May 17th. Speaking of seniors, we want to give a special shout out and best wishes to our producer and intern, Emma Dillon, who graduated this spring. We will miss her, but the impact she's had on Lehigh will be long lasting. Good luck, Emma. Dr. Yenny Anderson is Lehigh's Vice Provost for Institutional Research and Strategic Analytics. In her role, she directs the Office of Institutional Research and Strategic Analytics. Welcome, Dr. Anderson. Yenny, can I call you Yenny? Yes, you may call me Yenny. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you, Hillary. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, you are one of the people that I really wanted to talk to about um, your career and what you do here at Lehigh. Um, and so the first thing I wanted to ask you about is how you chose your profession. I mean, did you always know you wanted to work in higher education research, um, or did you have other career aspirations when you were younger? So when I started graduate school, oh, sorry, undergraduate school, I went into computer science, and my goal at that time, 18, I wanted to be the next best IBM programmer. So I might be giving my my age away by telling you that, but that was a pretty hot profession, computer science, uh, when I went to undergrad. So the answer to your, your original question is not really. I didn't choose the profession. The profession kind of chose me. I started working as a research assistant for a dean in New York City, uh, and that was an opportunity that I was offered as a senior in college. And that was really the, the beginning of the journey. As a research assistant to the dean at the time, she introduced me to research, to publication, to analyzing things, and perhaps even had me do things that were institutional research types of tasks. But as her research analyst, I saw it as it was just something that you would do for the dean because she wants that. Once I graduated undergrad, I took a year off because I had my firstborn. And I decided to take a year off but continue working part-time uh, for the dean. And when I went back after having the, the, my first baby, she encouraged me to, well, since I'm working part-time for her and I'm working at Bar Baruch College, why not see if there's a program available. And so computer science led to business computer information systems. That's my master's. And once I graduated and I had my second baby, <laughs> <laughs> I decided to do a little bit of consulting. I, again, I really thought that I was going towards the career path of programming, computer science, and things like that, like the technical environment. But that, I kept going back to working for the dean. Well, at, by this time, she was in another position. She was, I believe, provost at the time at NY, New York Institute of Technology. And working for her, doing all kinds of research-based uh, work, I decided that it was time to grow up and I was going to look for a full-time job. 
And the first job available that really intrigued me that didn't involve consulting and uh, programming was working as a research analyst at Barnard College in New York City. And like every job description, it seemed very, very intimidating. But I said, I went down the checklist and I said, yep, I think I could do this. I think I could do this. I've done that. That seems very similar to what I've done. And my technical expertise really gave me an advantage over, I guess, the candidates that that applied. That was the beginning of my career path in institutional research. So let me stop you right here and ask you a really important question that I think our listeners would probably want to know. What is institutional research? I was afraid of that question. (laughs) It's one of those responses that you can never really answer as part of an what did they describe it? An elevator speech? You just can't. Um, so in my opinion, institutional research is really the field of providing um, information to inform decision making. Uh, you are familiar with the institution, and the more information you have about the institution and, and your understanding and um, the surroundings of uh, the surroundings and the um, events that take place within the institution, that knowledge allows you to, and you can consider that as institutional knowledge, that allows you to then apply that insight into upon the the data that are gathered. And you combine the insight with with the data that forms part of institutional research. But there, there are more components to institutional research. Um, I don't think we have a lot of time to describe <laughs> it. But um, So at Lehigh, you, so how long were you at Barnard? When did you come to Lehigh? Um, if I remember correctly, I started Barnard back in 2002. Then I left because we, my family moved from New York to Pennsylvania. And I have to you know, kind of chuckle a little bit about this because my personality doesn't really allow for me to think this way. But at the time, I thought I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I had two young girls, and my husband works in New York City, and we were moving from New York to Pennsylvania. He was going to do the commute, and I decided that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And I tried. I promise I did. (laughs) But um, I did all of the fun stuff that, that moms that stay home get to do, and I enjoy that. But there's also that professional, Not and please understand that I'm not saying that stay-at-home moms are not professional, because that is a career within itself uh, with no paid vacation time and all that <laughs> stuff, right? But uh, my girls were at an age that they were very cool to hang around with and it was cool to have mom come over and, and participate in science fairs and book fairs and things like that but what was interesting was that when all is said and done the house uh, was complete we moved to the final house my oldest at the time she was about 10 maybe 10 and a half <laughs> we were having a snack after school and she said to me hey ma I think you need to go back to work and I looked at her and I said well, what do you mean she says yeah, you've done all the fun stuff and, you know, whatever, but I think you need to go back to work. You look like, you, like you're like you bored. And I said, really? So I spoke with my husband that night, and he said to me, well, if you think you're, you're ready to go back, I said, yes. <laughs> and lo and behold, I checked out the institutional research. Um, sorry, correction, that's 
Association of Fair Institutional Research website, the job posting, and lo and behold, Lehigh's position was posted there. And I said, hmm, where is that? I checked out the location. I looked. The job description was for an assistant director. And I applied. Uh, and I got in. And that was? The beginning. That was in 2007. Okay. Yeah. And so then um, you obviously moved up in the ranks over time. And um, recently, about a year ago, how long ago was it that you were? Uh... January of this year. So it hasn't been a full year. Um, do you want a backstory to that? I thought, I, I find that it's very interesting that my career path ended with such, um, I, I don't even know what word to use. Uh, in my opinion, is kind of like really like surreal. Um, I started out at Lehigh in 2007 as the assistant director. The shop was small. We had um, the day I stepped onto Lehigh territory, we had two and a half FTE. In other words, two and a half people working in the office. Um, And now, 2019, we have a total of eight positions of which one is vacant. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a big shop. So um, my career path, I went from an assistant director to an associate director, then to um, director. And then when the office was restructured and was assigned the title of strategic analytics or the initiative of strategic analytics was assigned to the responsibilities of the office, I was promoted to assistant vice provost. What's interesting is that prior to being assistant vice provost, the position of vice provost became vacant in 2015 when Gary Lutz, the previous uh, vice provost, retired. That summer that he was retiring, I was also nominated to participate in the HERS Women Leadership Program, and I did it at uh, Bryn Mawr. And part of that program was really... It was great because it, it prepared me for what was coming. And with Gary's retirement, we needed to fill his position. And at the time, to be honest with you, I, I felt that professionally I wasn't quite ready. Plus, there was this thing you know, that I really wanted to achieve um, sooner rather than later as we all get older, right? I wanted to get a doctorate. And so... Arrangements were made. I was part of the search committee for the new uh, vice provost, and I served as interim vice provost. For me, that was, it was a really great opportunity because it allowed me to get a feel for the role, but not really fully be accountable for it, right? You have to keep uh, the operation flowing and moving along, but you knew that you were going to step back and hand it over to somebody, hopefully, and leave it in good hands. We were very fortunate. We had um, uh, the final candidate was Henry, Dr. Henry uh, Zhang, and he came in and he allowed to get the office to get the buy-in of certain needs that we had and things like that. And eventually, we we ended up with um, the strategic analytics initiative under our belt. But what's cool is that December of last year, December 13th, I defended my doctorate. And uh, the next morning, uh, Dr. Uh, Pat Farrell offered me the position as the vice provost of the office. 
I was a little, not necessarily shocked, because I, at this point, I feel I, I felt as if I was ready for the next challenge. But in my opinion, it was great because I had like this checklist over the course of time, and I had checked every box on that list, including having a doctorate, which I believe in that position, having a seat at the table with among senior leaders, I, I believe that a doctorate gives you the credentials that you need to, for your voice to carry weight. Just to be clear, um, Dr. Zhang had announced he was leaving and had had, had departed when yes. you were offered the position. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, yes. So that was the position had become open again. Yes. So it really was kind of um, he the left, timing was incredible. Absolutely, and in and Henry felt like yes, I can you know step down because he had to move. Um, back to Ohio um, Ohio State, he felt like he left the office and the operation in good hands. What was neat about that arrangement or how things fell was that I felt I was ready to take on the challenge, but Henry felt that, and I'm speaking on his behalf, I guess, based on our conversations that, on the conversations that we had um, as these things um, evolved, is that in part, he was um, the face of this strategic analytics initiative, and it's almost like passing the baton to this next person, but knowing that that person was alongside you as the vision was being formed and carried through. So leaving it in good hands, and I, I hope that I can <laughs> fulfill that mission or, and bring the, the vision to fruition. So let's talk about strategic analytics, because that is the second part of your title and the second part of your office's name. Um, what are strategic analytics and why did Lehigh decide, um, the leadership of Lehigh decide that this was something that we needed to um, put more resources behind? So for starters, I just want to explain analytics is about the examination of data, right? Um a way for you to understand your environment, uh, the, the patterns of, of the data that are generated. When you add strategic to the to the, the term, strategic implies that it's more of a strategic role around organizational outcomes, right? You, you are taking data, you're looking at the patterns, and then you're trying to take that information and apply applying strategies to it. So how do you, if you have this pattern of trends that are occurring, how can you take that insight and apply it to your strategies or take the strategy and use that information to adjust your strategy, right? And, and, and in part, Wiley had decided to go down the strategic analytics initiative. Well, that's kind of critical and important for the path to prominence, which dictates that we will grow by a thousand undergraduate students. So in order to make sure that all the pieces come together to make that vision happen, you need to be strategic about the moves that you make. And in order to be strategic, you need to have information in front of you. So some of the things that um, fall under strategic analytics is really providing leadership and those that make decisions with the right information so that they can informed decision. So how do you, um, what is, so what does that look like on a daily basis in your office? I mean, what are you, what are, what is your team producing? What are you 
So, well, it's hard to answer that question only thinking of it from a strategic analytics component because, remember, it's institutional research and strategic analytics. And although my shop has, I like to consider it kind of like three focus or three focuses, right? Um, there's the data governance component, which allows us to get a better understanding, have a better understanding and develop a better understanding of our data, where the data live, how the data link to each other, who produces what, um, understanding terms. Then you have, that's one knowledge base, and then you have institutional research. Institutional research has has very, at least at Lehigh, it has various components. It has um we take care of uh, course evaluations, and then the, the results of the course evaluations lead help uh, faculty inform the decisions in terms of improving curriculum. Then you have um, the results of, of course evaluations lead to a very small component of the faculty performance reviews, right? So what we do in our shop touches a lot of processes at the university. Uh, we also have a survey uh, we administer surveys. We consult with other offices that might need to develop a survey to gather information about certain things. Um, there, there is a big piece, which is compliance reporting. So people have heard about iPads. Uh, it's a, it's a, a series of federally mandated um, surveys that the questionnaires that the university has to complete in order to not get penalized uh, related to funding that they receive for certain financial aid um, aspects. So that's kind of like, and there more. there is more to institutional research. But then in order for you to do all those pieces, especially the compliance piece, you need data. Then you have the third component of, the, of, of my shop, which we like to call them uh, the business intelligence team. Well, I like to call them the business intelligence team. And they form the, that last piece of the strategic analytics. They are the more technical folks. They um, work with data sets. They, they extract information from different sources, whether it's Banner, um, a survey that we completed a year or two ago, this other piece, um, someone can, gathered a data set and has um, a spreadsheet somewhere. They share it with us for purposes of trying to get all of the pieces together so that we can respond to a question or a few questions that senior leaders or anybody is interested in, in knowing about. So the three units work together to make that happen so that we can indeed answer questions. One of the things that I was wondering is um, what are the misconceptions people might have? Like, do people call you and ask you questions thinking you're the right place to answer that are just kind of off the wall or not what you do? Well, for starters, I can tell you that some pockets of the university don't even know that we exist. <laughs> so they don't have any conception of, of institutional research. So that, that's one part of that answer um, there. But for the most part, I think that um, the biggest misconception is that we have all kinds of data and we have the answers to every question imaginable. And the answer is no, we don't. Um, sometimes we get uh, data requests that appear to be as a simple question that we tend to, before we give an answer, we have to ask 
at least five or six questions to get clarification. So a perfect example of that would be you call our office and you, or you reach out to our office and you ask for, well, what's the current enrollment of the university? Hmm, that's a good question, Hillary. Do you, are you looking for overall enrollment? Are you looking for undergrad, graduate students? Are you looking for degree-seeking, non-degree-seeking? So we know what our data look like. We know all of the, oh, the many parameters of the information that relate to Lehigh because we have, I like to call it the, the broad picture, right? We have um, eyes and ears to everything, that at least that we touch. But from your side of, of, from your point of view, you're only focused on enrollment and you're only working with a certain, a small portion of it. And therefore you don't know what questions to ask because you don't know that other things exist. So the misconception there would be that, you know, my question should be answered in a matter of, you know, two seconds. Is that, is that the piece you like the best or is it something else? What is it that you like best about the work you do? I love my job. <laughs> now, I've always, I've always been of the mindset that you have to get up in the morning and feel like I'm going to work. The, the, the second you wake up in the morning and you feel like, oh, my God, I have to go to work, something's wrong and you, it's time to move on. I haven't felt that way, so that's a good thing for Lehigh, right? And I guess a good thing for myself. But the thing I like about, I can't really narrow it down to one thing. I could say that, um, the more exciting aspect of my role is probably the strategic analytics. It kind of, it loops me back to my origin, which was computer science. It loops me back to the technical aspect of my interests, even though I have been doing um, institutional, re institutional research-related stuff for many, many years. So I'm not saying that it's getting old, but I've done that, been there, <laughs> been there done that. It's... Um, time to kind of spin things around to make it a little bit more exciting and interesting. And fortunately, this uh, strategic analytics initiative and the path to prominence have put me on a path that makes it very interesting, granted a lot of challenges, right? Uh, because along the way of supporting the mission and vision of the university, we also have to work with limited resources. Um, I think the, the strategic analytics piece is what's the most interesting and challenging for me at this current time in my life. So you don't like to get bored. You like to grow and, and learn. Yeah. Like, no, that pretty much sums it up. And it's not just um, people of equal um, positions. I have interactions with department coordinators across campus, with um, senior leaders, uh, with other directors, assistant directors, managers, staff, facilities folks. So if you take the titles away, it's really just the people that make Lehigh that make it very interesting. And then there's that other component that now Lehigh will not only be connected, I won't, I will not only be connected to Lehigh via um, work, I'm also a parent of an alum, so that I will be forever attached to Lehigh, <laughs> connected to Lehigh, I should say. Um, do I bleed brown and white? No, but my daughter does. <laughs> so I've really enjoyed our conversation today, and I just wanted to ask you, um, what do you like to do in your free time? So my free time, I enjoy reading 
for pleasure. Um, although I have to admit that the the last three years, so you know, 2016, 17, and 18, I was busy reading a lot of stuff on educational leadership and academic advising for my dissertation. So uh, I'm kind of back into the game of reading for pleasure now. But I like murder mysteries. Um, an occasional, well, most of the times, I also enjoy fictional um, novels. Uh, the fun part that I enjoy when I'm off is spending time with family and going on vacations. So uh, this summer we went on, uh, well, my husband and I celebrated our 25th year anniversary, and we went to Puerto Rico. We, we loved it, and we decided that we were going to bring the girls next year, even though they are adults now, but... Um, so we do like to go on weekend getaways every now and then. And when the weather allows it, I do like to spend time trying to prepare the vegetable garden. But I live in the Poconos, and that's a little... <laughs> I have a very limited window to, to work on the vegetable garden. So, Dr. Yenny Anderson, thank you so much for being our guest here on this podcast. Hillary, thank you very much for having me. I'm honored. This podcast is a production of Lehigh University Human Resources. Our producer is Emma Dillon. The podcast is recorded in Lehigh's audio recording studio in Mountaintop Building C. Special thanks to Jarrett Brown of Library and Technology Services for technical assistance. I'm Hillary Kwiatek. Join us next time to see who we spot.